Our great example and instructor in prayer is the Lord Jesus Christ. In God's Word, we find everything we need to develop a life of prayer. Join Scott Pauley today as we study the Bible together. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timotheus our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae, Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. The Apostle Paul, arguably the greatest preacher that's ever lived outside the Lord Jesus Christ, believed that one of his greatest ministries was not preaching and not writing, that one of his greatest ministries was prayer. Even when he could not be with people, he could pray for them. And even when he could not accomplish in someone else's life what he so wanted to see done, he could pray and God could work in them. We've come to this truth in Colossians chapter 1 because Paul, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, actually gives us word by word his prayer for the local church. We've been walking through it and we've discovered a host of things uh, that Paul prayed for the church at Colossae and that we can pray for our local church. But now we come to the end of his prayer. And I want you to get it because, oh, I think it's so beautiful and it is so powerful. He's praying in verse number 11. And he says, I'm praying that you'll be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. We studied that last time. But now listen to the rest of it. Unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. He prays that they will learn to deal with every difficulty with joy. Let me just tell you, churches have problems. Uh, my grandpa used to say, if you find a perfect church, don't go there, you'll mess it up. He was exactly right. There's no perfect church because there's no perfect people. There's no perfect pastor. There's no perfect situation. There's no perfect uh, town. There's no perfect church. But there is a perfect Savior. And the local church must learn to deal with every difficulty that comes its way with the joy of the Lord. Did you hear it? Unto all patience and long suffering, but it doesn't stop there. He says, with joyfulness. In other words, not just to muddle through, not just to suffer, not just to put up with things, not just to endure, but to deal with everything that comes your way with the joy of the Lord. It's reminiscent of that wonderful truth in the Old Testament that says, the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. You see, if you want a strong church, Pray to be a happy church, happy in the Lord. They'll learn Jesus is enough. They'll learn to worship and rejoice in God and find their strength in His resources and draw from it regularly. You know, our generation is facing intense spiritual opposition. It's facing it from the world, the devil. I believe there's persecution uh, already set in motion in so many places, but it's coming uh, in, into our churches. How are we going to deal with all of that? And then there's the struggle within because there's always flesh rearing its head up and there's always somebody not getting along, even in good churches like the church at Colossae. Uh, there was that. And the devil's always looking for a toehold, for a place to come in. We should pray, Lord, help us deal with everything that comes our way with a patient spirit, with a long-suffering attitude, but help us do it with joyfulness. I I'm in places from time to time where it seems like they're still trying to do the right thing, but they've lost the wonder of it all. 
Someone might say they're on the right side, but not the bright side. They've lost their song. They've lost their shout. They've lost their, their ability to rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray that our churches will continue to be places where the joy of the Lord is so demonstrated. There's nothing more attractive in a community than a church filled with the joy of Jesus Christ. And before we're too quick to say, well, I don't see that in somebody else, does anyone see it in you? Dr. Robertson used to say it takes no size to criticize. So this is not a list to be critical of someone else. This is a list to pray these realities for your own life. And then we come to the final one. And I believe it is the way to apply the one we've just learned. Because right after he prays that they will have all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, he says these words, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. This is the seventh thing on our list. If you're keeping track of Paul's prayer list for the local church, he prayed that they would develop a grateful heart. Can I tell you that thankfulness will keep you from so many awful things? Gratitude will help keep you from sin because it will teach you to be content with what Christ has given to you. Gratitude will keep you from bitterness because it will help you concentrate on the good instead of the bad. Gratitude will keep you from constant discouragement because it will help you look up instead of looking around and down. One of the great secrets to staying right with God is developing a grateful heart. And I think in our churches, we need to give more attention to gratitude. You know, we have lots of prayer meetings, but I wonder how many praise meetings we have. Someone says, oh, we do that once a year. We have a Thanksgiving service. Thanksgiving is not to be a day. It's to be a way of life. And every time the people of God meet, there ought to be some season where we just give God praise and glory and give Him thanks. And when we pray, our prayer ought to be filled with praise. And if we want our churches to stay strong, and joyful in difficult days, we must cultivate hearts of gratitude. In other words, you don't get this by simply lecturing to others about what they ought to do. Instead, you remind them of what Jesus has done for them. And when we get a fresh glimpse of Calvary and the goodness of God, oh, thankfulness wells up on the inside. He goes on in the rest of Colossians chapter 1 to talk about all we have in Christ. And we've been delivered from the power of darkness. We've been translated into a new kingdom, the kingdom of His dear Son. We have redemption through His blood. We have the forgiveness of sins. And on and on and on it goes. It's almost like Paul's prayer list becomes a praise list. And so I want to challenge you to begin to cultivate the right kind of prayer and the right kind of praise in your own heart and in your own home. What you want in your church, let it begin in your own family. Uh, get, gather your family together today and use Colossians 1 and say, let's take this, let's make this a prayer list for our church. Pray every day for your church. Pray every day for your pastor. Pray every day for other families in the congregation. Pray every day for the strength of the Lord's work and for it to move forward. And I promise you this, if you'll begin to pray this way every day, you'll see a difference on the Lord's day. And not only will you see a difference on Sunday, but throughout the week, even when the church is not meeting together, when they're operating and working out in the world where God has sent us, much fruit will come of that. Now, I've given you a list of seven things here on Paul's prayer list for the local church. Could I challenge you to take one a day? 
Seven days in the week, take one a day and make that your prayer emphasis and concentration for that day for your local church and begin today. I believe we'll see so many wonderful things and answers to prayer in and through our local churches if we will work harder to just have praying people. You see, the first meeting of the New Testament church in the book of Acts after the ascension of Christ was not a preaching meeting. It was a prayer meeting. And why is that? Because prayer is what launches every other thing. If you want to get more out of the preaching ministry of the church, put more into the prayer ministry of the church. As we pray for the local church, we're praying for the great things God wants in our own lives and the lives of others. And I tell you, that's a prayer that God will hear and answer. Thank you for joining us for today's study. We deeply appreciate your prayers for this work and hope that you'll visit our website, scottpauley.org, where you'll have an opportunity to invest in the gospel. Would you consider giving a gift to help us extend God's word to others? You'll also find many other encouraging resources. Our prayer for you is that with Christ, you will enjoy the journey.